run, don't walk. The massive Chemist Warehouse Mother's Day fragrance sale ends this week. This is In the Red with Justin Marshall and Ricardo Ball on SENZ. No, it is Mark Watson, and boy, it just feels like yesterday we did a show together. Anyway, Justin Marshall, this time we are going to purely talk about the wonderful team that is the Crusaders, the team that for so many years have set the standard in Super Rugby, and it continued over the weekend. Justin Marshall, good good evening, welcome. Good evening, Watto. Yep, uh, nice to be uh, back again chatting Crusaders and um, everything in the red. Uh, been an interesting sort of roller coaster ride for the Crusaders so far. Uh, this season and and obviously there's now a few doubters out there uh, voicing the fact that they feel that the the, the, the dynasty is over. So, um, yes, it's pretty pretty interesting time for the Crusaders at the moment. Yeah, I'm not convinced. I was saying to someone, I still think Crusaders are favourites. I still think that Scott Hansen will be plotting the downfall of the Chiefs like he did with the Blues last year. And I just wonder, you know, I, I think particularly against the Chiefs, and I know that was a couple of weeks ago, but, you know, how big a player is a guy like Ethan Blackadder? I, I mean, y- y- you know, you know, and I know that it just comes down to key moments. And I think that Ethan Blackadder, you, you get that guy back fully fit, you get the good use, you get the Will Jordans back. And I'm not sure that the Chiefs were that much better than the Crusaders when they played in Hamilton. Yeah, it's a good point um, and, and really valid that, you know, the Crusaders probably haven't had it that easy this year with their injuries but you know you've got to take those cycles when they come about and and when key players are missing it doesn't make it any easier but when you bring world-class players back you know like Ethan Blackadder yeah he's probably still you could arguably say cutting his teeth at all black level uh, but Will Jordan has been you know outstanding for a couple of years for the all blacks and he is a genuine game breaker and, and getting him back into the mix at the weekend is a massive positive for the Crusaders. Uh, you know, you've got Jack Goodhue's just sort of sitting idling at the moment as well. Um, but, you know, you take guys like Sevu Reese and Bauer out of the mix, you know, the All Blacks that are regular uh, starters for them, then they've had their setbacks uh, in that area as well. So, look, I'm with you. I'm, I'm not totally convinced that uh, they're a million miles away from the Chiefs. Uh, I think I said yesterday when we were chatting, Watto, that, I'm also not convinced that they've quite found their mojo and their rhythm yet. Uh, that that equally is probably a real positive for Crusaders fans and that team out there, that they are still functioning okay and competing with the likes of the Chiefs, etc., but still probably not hitting their straps. On Saturday afternoon, they beat the Force 48 points to 13. I think everybody expected the Force to get beaten and probably beaten comfortably by the Crusaders. There's just not the depth in Australian rugby for five super rugby franchises. So when you do put 48 points on the board, how, how do you measure whether that was a good performance or not from the Crusaders? Just the 48 points automatically say great performance or do you have to, you know, do you have to be a little bit more balanced and maybe look at the quality of opposition? Look, with the greatest respect to the force, I think you have to be more balanced and look at the quality of who they were playing uh, and, and in areas where they were, were quite superior. Uh, and that was very evident right from the the outset, which was particularly set-piece. Uh, you know, they were very dominant scrum-wise. Uh, they were very good in the line-out, and their line-out more, which they scored four tries off. I think um, Brody McAllister got three and Cody Taylor got one. Uh, they when they needed to, just suffocated them in that area. So, you know, when you can arm, re- when you can actually monster a team without, you know, having to sort of be too expansive, once you get into those zones, you know you can accumulate points. You've got to take that with a grain of salt, really, because 
good sides and sides that are well equipped to dealing with a line out more and have a, a more solid scrum and you just can't walk over them to get penalties or to get points it kind of then balances the game out a lot more uh, so you know look I don't want to be negative because it was still a good performance and and the set piece tries that they scored were really nice um, but they were off the back of a scrum that was going backwards the one uh, that they scored in the first half with a you know lovely little pop up from David Harvelli, um, where, where Macca Springer went through the middle and scored. Uh, then secondly, they did it again, a similar type of move with Fire Niku scored in the corner, and then in the second half off of a scrum that was backpedaling, you know Will Jordan bounced to the left and centre again, another nice pass to Fire Niku went in the corner. So, you know, those things don't happen as fluidly if you're not got the opposition loose forwards backpedaling and not being able to defend. Um, so, yeah, we're all the way back to your original question. I, I would say you take it for a good one uh, and hit the areas that you needed to hit and recognise in the game where your strengths were and just kept banging away at them. But also you've got to recognise that other teams probably wouldn't give it to you that easily. Well, one of the remarkable things with the Crusaders is taking players from around the country and make not just you know good players and making them great players. And the latest coming off that factory line is Tamaiti Williams. Uh, I've got a little bit of a man crush on him. To be fair, I think he's been an absolute monster. I know it's an area that you. I, I, I know that it's an area you never. Well, I don't think you ever. I don't think you ever locked down in the front row of any scrum in your career. But uh, the influence of this guy. How important is he to this Crusaders team? Not just in regards to the remaining games, the playoffs, but also in regards to this franchise going forward. Well, first and foremost, like what what an asset to have that can play both sides of the scrum. Um, so that's a huge positive in, in that regard. That you you're not actually just carrying a specific position type player. Uh, you're actually carrying a player that can fulfil that dual role. It's like having a utility back that can slot in and play 12, 13 wing, uh, or can play you know, um, wing a fullback as well adequately. Uh, you know, you don't you don't get that very often in the front row where a player can perform at the top level and um, function on both sides of the scrum and not just do an adequate job, but do a job uh, and, and, and a good job. So that's a massive plus anyway. Uh, and then obviously, you know, he's a big man. Um, he's tall for a prop, but he, he's He's got good weight on him. I think he's dropped down from over 140 kgs to maybe just under that. Uh, but it looks like he's a lot more mobile and getting more involvements in the game. Um, so, yeah, he ticks all the right boxes. Uh, and no doubt that just by getting game time and more performance in, um, he's certainly coming a, a hell of a long way. I think, you know, you go back to, like I said, with the greatest respect to the, the opposition at the weekend, you've also still got to put them away. And that front row of uh, Moody McAllister and Tamaiti Williams did that. So I think he's an in integral part of what the Crusaders need uh, mm. this season, that it's not all about the superstars. It's about the emerging players um, and, and the, the, the guys that set the platform for the superstars to perform. And he's certainly doing that, no doubt about it. How important is the influence of Joe Moody, um, Taylor, in his development in terms of the experience they bring, will they be talking to him? What will they be offering him? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's no uh, rocket science that, you know, both Moody and, and Taylor are 
massively influential in the development of uh, Tamari Williams. And is that the Crusaders' way? Is that just the yeah. expectation with experienced players that you are empowered, or you're expected to impart that knowledge? Yeah, you are, but imparting that knowledge is just by what you do as well. You know, many people say, "Oh, you know, they'll be giving him good tutelage, and they'll be they'll be talking to him and t- telling him about uh, you know his role and what what's expected." Yeah, they'll be doing that, but they'll they'll also be doing what they do just as Crusaders and and as good All Blacks as well, which is just putting the boots on and going out there and performing at a level that is above a regular. Uh, super rugby player level because to be an All Black and be a very good All Black and play the tests that both of those guys have played, you're a, a top quality performer week in and week out. And when you have a young guy coming through who's got great potential, you can give him all the information you want and and tell him about areas he needs to improve or areas that he's doing well. But the best place that you can give them, uh, I guess, guidance is to show them the expectation and the levels that you have to reach on the field. And, and there's no doubt when he sees Moody and Taylor scrummaging, when he sees them carry, when he sees their work rate around the field, all of a sudden, if he's off, he knows that he's not quite there. So I think that it's twofold, really. It's, yes, portraying that information and, and giving him guidance, but equally making sure that he is very well aware when he's out on the field that he's got to keep up more than anything. I want to talk about Lester Whanganuku. Last year, breakout season, good enough to get him into the All Blacks, but wasn't used a lot in that All Black environment. And I think one of the criticism was, and I think you could put it across a, a number of players that were in that squad, they just didn't play a lot of rugby, basically from when the Super Rugby Finals finished in, I think it was June, really to right through to the end of the year. Has, has he kicked on this season? What have you made of Lester Whanganuku in recent games? He has. Yeah, I think I made the comment at the weekend when I was uh, calling the game that a massive uh, change in, I guess, his performances from the year before that I felt was very evident was he's always been strong. He's always been a tackle buster uh, and and he he always runs hard. Uh, But for whatever reason and, and... um, you know, it could have been his work in the off-season. He just looks a couple of uh, clicks quicker. And I think you can see that. That let, let, Put it this way, to try and help people out there to get their head around what I'm saying is, you know, a power player can, uh, like the Crusaders are using, firing a nuku off the tail of the line-out quite a lot. So he's either coming first, second receiver off, off, a, off a peel off the back of the line out and, and they're either using him or they're missing him because he's drawing defenders in. But when they are actually using him and he does make a tackle or bust, you know, if you're not moving that quickly, a player can still get you from behind or come across and, and, and tackle you side on. Uh, what they defenders are looking like they're doing, because once he makes that initial bust, is he's really explosive this year. And tacklers, if they get there, they're struggling to actually get in a good position to tackle him because he actually looks like he's moving a couple of clicks quicker. So I think that's been a a big improvement in his game, whether he's worked on it or whether it's always been there, but he's just not tapped into it. You know, the way that he left Roger Tuivasa-Sheck, now, look, I know he's getting slightly older, Roger, but he can still shift. And uh, when when they played the Blues and Whanganuku got that cross kick and Tuivasa-Sheck was there, you watch the footage again, and you see two of us a check behind him, he couldn't catch him. And he actually got to the point after 
I don't know, three or four metres where he just thought he's too quick. And two of us, Ashik, did a last gas dive to try and ankle tack him or clip him or whatever because he knew immediately he wasn't going to catch him. And that's, he's, he's, he'd probably be 10, 12 kgs lighter than firing a nuku without doubt in my mind. So, yeah, that really hit home to me at that stage when that particular uh, run happened that he's he's got some more speed in him this year. Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because, I mean, we also understand the importance of size. We understand how gladiatorial this game are. They're big men, and, mm. you know, we see a lot of players bulking up. And I've always been a little bit critical. You know, I looked at Christian Cullen in his early years of his career, and towards the end, the amount of muscle that he put on, and I think sometimes there's the danger that you you lose that yard of pace. I think Jeff Wilson was similar. So whatever he's, if that is the case, I mean, it's a difficult balance, isn't it, between the size and yeah. the speed aspect and, um, you know, trading one off against the other. Yeah, it's very valid. And I, I think probably the main part of that is that, I, I, you know, guys like you mentioned, like a Christian Cullen or a Terry Wright or whoever. The Greyhound. Be, exactly. They always had the speed. That that was always a, a, a huge asset. Whereas Leicester flying Anuku has always had the power. That's always been his major strength that he's had that power and that strength and the big thighs and the tackle busts. So that, that, that's a huge asset to have as, as a youngster and, and to have as a developing player, that's always going to be there. That's not going to go away. It's just about, okay, now how do I make my game better? So I would suggest that he's had always had the power, always had the strength, always had the ability to bump a tackler off or get rid of him. But then to, to really take off or do something with speed it's probably something that he hasn't really thought about until now, maybe, where it's like, you know what, if I start now doing a lot more, maybe stay out of the gym a little bit in terms of yep. strength yep. and start doing some power work, uh, I'm going to be even harder to tackle because it, it, I'm, I'm moving quicker. Have the all-black coaches, was that the work on? Was that the message that's gone to them? Probably. Yep. Yep. If, if I was looking at it, I would I would say that without shadow of a doubt, that if he can, if he can get a, an extra yard or two of speed, much more dangerous. You're listening to In the Red, Mark Watson, Justin Marshall, Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrances. We'll take a break. We'll come back with more. You're listening to SENZ. 19 minutes, well, coming up to 19 minutes after seven, Mark Watson alongside of me, Justin Marshall, celebrating all things to do with Crusaders rugby. Very shortly, we'll get Justin to give us his DHL Crusaders player of the round and his DHL Super Rugby player of the round. Uh, Justin, I want to talk about Nigel, uh, sorry, Noah Hotham, the young halfback that played. Um... A guy who seems to like to run with the ball seems very good in and around the fringes. I think what we've seen in more recent times with Aaron Smith has been this uh, evolution towards guys with bullet passes. Quick ruck speed, quick ruck ball, second phase, third phase. Is there room for the Noah Hotham game, style of game in the game at the moment? I think absolutely there is. Yeah, I think um, what we what we really do need um, in the position is also the ability to threaten. And when, when I say that, basically what I mean is, like, if a half halfback has the ability to threaten inside defenders, it frees up and gives space to everybody else outside of that position. And if it's just quick clearance of ball, so put yourself in a position that you're a defender and you, anyone that's played the game or hasn't played it and you go to the breakdown and everybody lines out and you sort of space yourself apart and, and you see the, the ruck unfolding and you're ready there to defend, if you know that you don't have to consider the nine, 
then you just go out and put pressure on either the first ball carrier, whether it be a forward or whether it's a back, and go out and just put all your pressure on that particular area. And if you don't consider that uh, nine, um, you know, you then are opening up your defensive system. So there's a certain amount of predictability about it. Um, what we rely on in New Zealand is, is quick ball, yes. So that, that has a, a huge part to play in the way that we operate and the way that our game functions. But you don't always get that because you get a niggly open side or a forward lying in the wrong place or whatever, and the ball get compromised and slowed down. So all of a sudden, then you need to just generate quicker ball. And, and nines that take steps and run can really do that. And I certainly feel that we, we need that in our DNA, um, whether it's starting or whether it's coming off the bench, to just change the picture for the defence. That somebody, if you're slightly off or not in the right position, a nine can take a couple of steps, maybe dummy, look to pass and bang, go on through and open you up at, at, around the ruck. Well, it's very much a strength of yours, Justin, in and around the fringes defensively, but also on attack. I mean, are our coaches, would the Crusaders coaches been encouraging this? Or does this go again, like we've said? I mean, has there been too much of a move away now that halfbacks are too scared of having a crack? Oh, well, I'm hoping that we are starting to learn that, you know, probably arguably the best nine in the, in the world at the moment is uh, Dupont, who plays, plays for France. Uh, the way that Nick White causes us so many problems when he plays because he takes steps and he brings and draws those pillar defenders in and then he offloads uh, and, you know, they get they get in behind you and they, they cause issues. Um, and it can just really unsettle defensive uh, systems. So, yeah, I certainly feel that we need to encourage nines. They don't have to then take contact. They can just take a step or two steps and as long as the team is functioning off it, when they see a halfback um, take a couple of steps and look to engage defenders, that players go, oh, he's running, and they, then they offer him options. You know, like Aaron Smith, for all people say that he doesn't break the line that much, yeah, I would agree with that. But times he does pick the ball up and take a couple of steps and defenders look at him, He's, I think he leads the, the, the competition at, in Super Rugby at the moment with try assists because... The Highlanders know that when he takes steps, they throw Frizzell or they bring Gilbert or they bring whoever it might be on angles because they know that he will drink, bring them in. He won't, like Fakatava, he won't, or Perianata, he won't then beat a defender and maybe offload. He will post-contact throw you a pass in a short ball. So I'd like to think that the All Blacks start to get that mindset as well because, again, it just gives a different picture to the defence and, and makes the All Blacks more dangerous in that part of the field. Yeah, because I'd imagine that Drummond at some point probably going to look offshore. Um, we've already seen uh, Bryn yep. Hall go. Can I suggest then that they've got a nice succession plan here with this young man? Have you seen enough to say that this guy is the future of the Crusaders? I haven't personally seen enough. What I've seen of uh, Hotham, um, I like. Uh, I like the way that he plays. Uh, he's really well balanced. I think he's got good good kick awareness. Uh, he's a good defender. Uh, and he's got that running game. And, and and obviously he's there at the breakdowns delivering the pass. So all the attributes are there. I just haven't seen enough of it to consistently say, yes, absolutely, he's the man. But all of the right signs are pointing in that direction. Uh, so, yeah, absolutely. Like, obviously, they've brought Willie Hines back as well. But, you know, he's not getting any younger. Um I had a bit of a smile and a chat with Willie at the weekend, actually. And I said, what's happened to you? Why are you not involved this week? And he said, oh, calf at training. I was like, mate, 
age, age. You're in that zone. Yep. You're in yep. that zone. Yep. <laughs> I think yep. That's when I started to think that my body was um, starting to tell me, uh, you're getting a little bit long in the tooth. I was pulling hammies and calves at training for no bloody reason at all. So, yeah, the, you know, they need to – I've lost Bryn. You know, Mitch Drummond's not getting any younger. Willie, neither. So you would imagine that young Hotham has got – the, the, the world at his doorstep if he can just keep playing the way that he is. Okay. Uh, DHL, the DHL Super Rugby Pacific is underway. Uh, Justin, your DHL Crusaders player of the round? Pre- pretty hard to really go past Brody Recal- uh, McAllister, to be honest. Like At the end of the day, um, people could say, oh, yeah, all he did was sit in the back of the mall and um, you know, he scored three tries, but I thought there was a lot more to it. I remember mentioning it in my commentary that there were times where it wasn't initially even moving forward the more, but he showed really good composure, had a good head on his shoulders that he just stayed and, and stayed in the fight. And then when the right moment to pounce came, um, you know, he, he was there and he was in the right position and he stayed patient. And that takes, you know, a, a little bit of common sense, but it also takes good composure and, and awareness. And I thought that he managed that really well. His work around the field was good. He was robust. So, yeah, he's going to tick the box for me this week. It's not often that I pick a front row. No, no, I was going to say, I was going to say, every week Camo's in here. It's a bloody lock, Um. mate. There'll be freaking gold at the end of the rainbow if there's one out at the moment because it's a a bit of a a bit of a real one for me. But I'm going. I'm going. Okay, okay. Your DHL Super Rugby Player of the Round, Pacifica Player of the Round. Yeah, look, I. I said yesterday that Mr. Reliable was Sean Stevenson, so I'd be like, how can I not pick him? Um, how can I pick him again? But I just, when I felt the Chiefs were sort of in a little bit of a hole, uh, he was more than reliable. He was also X-Factor. He, he just got them going again, um, you know, and the fact that, uh, you know, he scored a try, he, he, he was involved in an assist, scored a try himself. He's just in such good form that, I'm going to have to say he's one of the most impressive players running around at the moment. DHL Super Rugby Pacific. Catch the action live on Sky Sport or get your tickets at superrugby.co.nz. Okay, Justin, we're pretty much out of time. Uh, Crusaders by how many over the Blues this week? I think they'll get the job done, but they're going to have to work hard. Um, If I was putting your mortgage on it, I would say (laughs) by... um, 13 or more. If I'm putting mine on it, I'll say by six and under. <laughs> oh, you're a generous man, eh? Thank you for that. <laughs> hey, Justin, lovely ch- catching up, and I, uh, we'll do it all again on Sunday, mate. So really, thank you. Enjoy the rest of your night, you, mate. You too, mate. And thanks for everybody for joining us at Four in the Red. Cheers. Cheers. 27 minutes after seven. You are listening to SENZ. Coming up next, we talk Moana Pacifica. We talk Pacifica Flair with Peter Alatini.